This week's episode of the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge is brought to you by Blue Sky, a new service from the Pittsburgh International Airport. Visit blueskypit.com and subscribe to get weekly headlines on airport and aviation news, trends, and ideas. That's blueskypit.com. Hi, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Madhuni Krishnan, the editor of Skift Airline Weekly, and I'm here in San Francisco International Airport with Anders Lindstrom, the director of communications for Norwegian in the U.S., Hi, Anders. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So the reason we're here in San Francisco is because Norwegian is launching new flights to from San Francisco to Barcelona today. Yes. And you launched San Francisco to Paris yesterday, That's correct? That's correct, yes. So congratulations. Um, the obvious question is, you know, you being in the Bay Area, you were, were a, had a big operation in Oakland. So what, what was the rationale for moving to SFO? So we uh, came to Oakland in 2014. And since then, the Bay Area has been our most successful region in the U.S. Um, and we've been very happy with the results. What we saw, though, is that we could have, be even more successful operating out of SFO, specifically the more business traveler-focused route. So we moved our London route in end of March this year, and that's proved extremely successful. And then coming now, Barcelona, Paris. So, and what we see, um, search engine um, provide better for SFO. We see better yields in premium, and we also see better cargo. Ah, interesting. So, so are you then uh, moving all your operations from Oakland to San Francisco? For now, we still have some in uh, Oakland for next summer. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what are those flights? in Rome. Oslo and Rome. And yeah. those are not as business focused. They're more leisure, yes. Right. Um, well, congratulations on the new flights. Thank you. Um, and I also want to congratulate you for your latest quarterly results. Thank you for saying that. Um, if you could just give us the top line numbers really quickly. Um, so we had our best quarterly results ever, uh, which is fantastic. Um, 2.2 billion Norwegian crowns, that's almost 200 million uh, US dollars. Obviously, we've, we've had a tough year uh, or the past two years. So this is showing that we're really moving in the right direction. We have a very strong uh, cost-cutting program um, of more than 2 billion Norwegian crown, um, similar to the result um, that we've implemented so far as part of Focus 2019. That's the name of our cost-cutting program. Um, so, and I mean, this has been... A tough year. We've been hit by the the Boeing seven three seven Max grounding. Um, Rolls-Royce engine issues um, has um, with our Dreamliner aircraft. So it's great to see it's moving in the right direction. All right. So you know, if we can go to a little bit more detail, it was not very long ago. And um, in fact, Airline Weekly wrote about it that uh, that people said you were uh, Norwegian wasn't long for this world, and that <laughs> you know, and there was there were articles in the consumer press advising people not to book on Norwegian. Um, and this was just a few short months ago, and now you have record results. What exactly changed? Um, a lot of things. I mean, the, the cost-cutting program is one major part of it, um, and all the changes we've done around it. But these things don't change overnight. We had a great summer. We've also really adjusted our program better. Um, some of the routes we used to operate them year-round, we're now being more considerate to the seasonal adjustments, that really makes a difference, for instance. Um, so there's a lot of small pieces that are coming together. And this this turnaround process has been ongoing for more than a year. It's now really starting to show. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're not growing as much, right? No, that's one thing as well. I mean, we, we were shouting a couple of years ago saying we were the world's fastest growing airline, which right. we were, and that was great. But now it's really more... Um, Sustainable growth. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. is our 
leading market or most important market, both in terms of revenue, but also this is where we see a lot of growth potential. So last week, for instance, we announced um, Austin Paris. We will see more round announcements coming um, for the US because there's so many opportunities here, especially uh, summer seasonal routes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think uh, I read this or, or heard this on your call last week. Uh, you now sell more tickets in the U.S. than you do in Norway? Yes. Is and that include all of Scandinavia or just Norway? Uh, so Norway has always been the, the largest market mm-hmm. because it's a super strong uh, domestic market as well. It's one, I think it's one of the, the three most um, top domestic markets per capita. So Obviously, that's been a bread and butter for so long. But now U.S. has taken over. We are the largest market by revenue. And Norway is now second. Wow. So are you increasing uh, point of sale in the U.S.? Are you sort of uh, – how are you making yourselves well known, more well-known? It's not just – you know, when people see Norwegian yes. and the Norwegian aircraft, right, they think it's going to – Oslo. Oh yeah. Or how do you? How are you selling that uh, that's, expansion? That's been a challenge from the start. Either that everything is going via Oslo, or that we have some connection to Norwegian uh, cruise line, which we do not at oh, all. <laughs> yes. I didn't even think of that. We got that a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, we have almost uh, fifty nonstop routes from the U.S. Very few of them go to Scandinavia these days. Hmm. London is our number one hub when it comes to long haul. Follow up Paris. Barcelona and Rome. And those London, Paris, Barcelona and Rome are the ones we're really focusing on. They're doing extremely well from the US. And those are the ones we're adding to cities we're already in. Mm. Um, so where, what other parts of your network are you looking to grow? I mean, you said the US is your largest market. Um, a while ago, you were trying to expand in, in Argentina. Um, and London is your biggest hub. So, so could just just break this down for yes. our, our listeners because that that's a lot of uh, a lot of geographies that are thrown out. That's a lot of growth in various parts of the world. And um, you're called Norwegian. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say even more confusing with with Norwegian. And then you have Norwegian Air Argentina, which you mentioned. So we launched a domestic service in Argentina about a year ago. We now have a seven percent market share in Argentina. So we have domestic routes out of Buenos Aires, and then obviously we have the Buenos Aires London route. Uh, Norwegian Air Argentina continues to be a focus for us. And what we've said is domestic first and then intra-regional um, to the neighboring South American countries and then further long haul after that. That's that's the growth um, plan we have for uh, Argentina. For London, we continue growing. We see a lot of opportunities around the world. Um, a lot of it comes down to traffic rights. Mm-hmm. And then for the US, we still see some cities that we see great potential flying out of. But before that is more connecting some of the dots in the network, like Paris, Barcelona, Rome, and, and make sure it's a profitable growth. Right. That, that is key. I mean, there were, there were some routes that you were operating um, a few years ago that were kind of head scratchers, to be honest. Um, and, You're going to uh, try a few things. <laughs> yeah, well, the, um, you know, points for trying. Um, one thing that, uh, you know, has come up in conversation and in, 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 in the the nerd world is uh, is just how much of your of of this slow slowing capacity is due to things that you mentioned like the seven three seven max grounding and the uh, Rolls Royce engine issues your seven eight sevens is a lot of this capacity growth sl- the slowdown in capacity growth coming from um, uh, but is it both conscious and also your hand is a little bit forced. A combination of both. We, we're trying to, uh, since we don't know when the Boeing 737 MAX is coming back into service, of course, we have to plan without it. Um, and the same thing with the having some of our Dreamliners grounded. We have to be careful because we don't want to use wet leases mm-hmm. because 
people, it, it hurts the brand when people get on board a plane that's 20 years old and they think that's a dreamliner. <laughs> right. um, so so that's, that's hurt us as well. So um, I think we'd be more conscious about also focusing when the s- summer, when it's really peak season and mm-hmm. then adjusting accordingly during the winter season. And you've also benefited from um, the bankruptcy or, or disappearance of several major rivals, right? I mean, um, you've seen, at least in the European leisure market, Thomas Cook recently, um, Wow, just vanished, and Iceland Air is really retrenching. That's got to benefit you as well. To some extent, absolutely. But also, it does concern some consumers that are not aware of the brand and potentially be afraid of booking with an airline they don't know that much. And then we've seen a lot of negative media coverage earlier this year because sadly, <laughs> no, sadly, some of the media does like prefer the negative. Um, it's it's you know clickbait as well. Um, and that is, has a negative spin hey, as well. Don't blame the media. We, we just call it like I'm we a see it. journalists, so no, I wouldn't. But I mean, it's it's the reality of it, um, and that has happened as well. But so that's why last week's result is so important to us that it is showing that we're moving in the right direction. And then our new uh, partnership with JetBlue that we announced the other week as well also shows that we'll have connections, and you know we're working with another really. World class airline. Well, talk about that for a second. What what is this uh, connection? Uh, this it's a co chair agreement, correct? It, it starts with Interline. Okay. Yes. So and, and it's actually our first proper airline partner. So we we have uh, we're have part of EasyJet. Yeah. Um, yes, but that's only sold on EasyJet's website. Okay. Um, and it's uh, connect by EasyJet, if I remember correctly. Um, so they connect our flights with their flights. Uh, so they feed into our long haul traffic. With JetBlue, it will be a more extensive partnership uh, or interline where we actually sell each other's um, routes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that will open up uh, 100 routes to our network, specifically out of Boston, Logan, uh, New York JFK, and Fort Lauderdale. Right, okay. Um, Are there plans for any further interlines in different regions, or is this enough to get We're looking at um, more opportunities, of course, worldwide, um, but we want to make sure we start with JetBlue and get that work really smooth. <laughs> Great. And what about, uh, you know, your former CEO had uh, big plans to expand into Asia as well. Or that, um, I believe that's retrenched a little bit. Um, are, there, are there any plans to go back to that? Or is that a function of the Dreamliner grounding? So we would love to expand more to Asia. And that, that was the original plan. Um, and if you look at the route map forecast from five, six years ago, or even uh, further back, there was going to be even... Um, going to even routes going to Asia and going to the US. Mm-hmm. However, the one thing we don't have is overflowing rights over Russia. Ah. And that's been an ongoing issue for years. Um, and that's why we've been focusing so much growing to America, which paid off, luckily. Um, but with Russia, only SAS, the Scandinavian airline of Scandinavia, holds the traffic right agreement for entire all three Scandinavian countries. Hmm which we don't believe is very fair. So that's been an issue, and that holds us back. So from right here, you're going to, uh, you're, the government uh, that has jurisdiction over Norwegian are, are negotiating with the Russian government to expand the overflight agreement to include Norwegian. Correct? There are talks, yes. And that and, will change our uh, growth plans dramatically. Yeah, so that would, give you, um, that would give you the possibility to fly from, say, Oslo to Tokyo, yes. right? Yeah. Which you can't do now. Exactly. Okay. You know, the Austin route is kind of an interesting one. I mean, I, I know it's a very tech, uh, it's a big tech market, big business market. Um, how, what, what did your market research show that the passenger breakdown would be for that? So with Austin in, to London, which we launched uh, 
two years ago, two seasons ago, has done really well for us. And that's why we're adding Paris. Um, 70% of the customers um, are Austinites or Texans. Mm. So it's a very strong point of sale in the Texan region. And that we see also with California. So it's very strong here, whereas New York, for instance, is more 50-50. Really? Yeah. Okay, so New York is 50-50 inbound, uh, our point yeah. of sale in Scandinavia versus New or York. Or Europe. Or Europe, yeah. right, of course. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So are there other markets like that in the U.S. that, uh, that are sort of not the coastal cities that are have done really well for you? Denver is doing well for us. I mean, it, Well, Denver oh, does well for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so Denver's been interesting. Um, Tampa has done really well as well. Huh. And we just launched uh, last year again Tampa London as uh-huh. a start. Um, so there's most of the cities are doing really well. All right. Well, Anders, I know, um, you know, we, we, like I said, uh, we are here at SFO today um, to, f- to celebrate the launch of uh, uh, San Francisco Barcelona service tonight. Um, so I want to thank you for sit- taking some time out of, out of your schedule today to, to talk to us. Thank you for having me.